Harriet! Professor? What is this infernal twaddle about a fiery phantom? I'm with you, Professor. I told the city editor it was bunk. This is the 20th century. Who believes in ghosts in 1910? Impossible. Don't say that word. What word? Impossible? Stop! I detest that word. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> But, Professor... I am exceedingly busy. Goodbye. Professor Augustus S.F.X. Van Dusen, known to the public as The Thinking Machine, is a Ph.D., an M.D., a J.S.D., an F.R.S. I had to look that one up. It means Fellow of the Royal Society of London. In short, he's a brain. And a character. Five foot two, thick glasses, outsized head to hold his outsized brain. He's grumpy, stubborn, and deeply distrustful of women. But I don't let that stop me. Harriet Hatch, intrepid girl reporter. I spent three years battling to change my beat from the society page to the front page. I can handle a cranky genius. Are you still here? Get out. Artists Ensemble Theater presents Mysterious Journey, Theater for the Mind. In this episode, the journey leads to a haunted house. This is Phantom. Professor? I'm not leaving. Believe me, I will keep on knocking till you hear me out. Professor! Confound it, what? Two minutes, that's all I need. I warn you, I shall time you. Haunted house on the South Shore. Strange happenings, demon laughter, spectral groans, so forth. 112 seconds. The house was inherited by Ernest Weston, 31, Wall Street broker. He hired a contractor to fix up the place as it's been empty for some years. But after one day on the job, the whole crew quit. They saw something, heard something, who knows. 97 seconds. Listen, I tried to wiggle out of the assignment, but the city editor thought it would make a good feature for the Sunday paper. Fearless girl reporter spends night in haunted house. Puppycock. 88 seconds. The house is perched high on a cliff overlooking the sea. There's a woman from the village, a Mrs. Walsh, who looks after the place. She was the one who let me into the house for my night spent among the scary spooks. Now what did I do with that key? I swear I'd lose me head if it wasn't fastened on. I generally stop by to check on things, or I'd say twice a week. At noon, of course. All the gold in Fort Knox couldn't pay me to go near that place at night. Ah, found it! Thank you, I'll just... You know, young Mr. Weston, what inherited the house, hired me to look after the place personally. I'm sure he... Poor boy was worried about one of them teenage hooligans smashing a window or trying to break in on a dare. <laughs> Not likely. Folks round here know better. That place is haunted. Can you imagine anyone mad enough to spend the night in there? That does sound foolish. Thank you, Mrs. Walsh. 41 seconds. Look, I do not believe in ghosts. Glad to hear it. Ludicrous notion. I know that. Don't you think I know that? Only that that night, I, I, I saw the phantom. It was on fire. It held a flaming dagger. Tommy Rot, you imagined it. No, I saw it. Of course, I figured it was a trick. Had to be, right? So, I charged straight at it. Professor, it vanished into thin air. 
I passed right through where it appeared and stumbled into the next room. Harriet. Professor, you're fond of proclaiming that nothing is impossible. For the life of me, I can't come up with an explanation for what I saw. But I've got to believe there is one. So, I came to the thinking machine. Time. Come on, Professor. Aren't you curious? About many things. Ghosts, being fictional, are not one of them. I see. Very well. I'll just include that in my story, Professor Augustus Van Dusen, the thinking machine, is baffled. Uh, I am not baffled. <laughs> you seem baffled. You will not print that scurrilous slander. I'd much rather print an expose of how the trick was managed and why, and by whom. See here, Harriet. I am engaged in vital research. My experiments are at a very delicate... Just because in the past, I have, from time to time... Go, I... oh, devil take it. Start at the beginning. Describe the house. I entered through the kitchen door. There is a back hall that leads from the kitchen to the dining room. Stop. Here's paper. Sketch out a floor plan while you talk. Standing in the doorway to the dining room, to the left, is a door from the butler's pantry that has a second passage back to the kitchen. Straight ahead, two large windows with a mirror between them. From the dining room, there is a large, wide archway into the adjoining living room with a huge fireplace flanked by two more mirrors. No furniture in any of the rooms, just scattered piles of litter. From the living room, a passage opens into the reception hall. Confound it! This place is a maze! You're telling me! From the reception hall, the main hall is on the right through an archway. Standing in that archway, to the right is a grand staircase leading up. To the left is a closed door. Naturally, you snooped. I explored, yes. The door opened easily, no need to pick the lock. How is it that you've never been arrested? Who says I haven't? I cover the women's suffrage movement. Back to the door. It leads into the library. Beyond the great hall... Egad! Only two rooms left. A large drawing room and a small parlor. Go on. Before settling in for the night, I went in search of the local gossip. That's where Mrs. Walsh came in handy. Oh, sure, everyone around these parts is thrilled that young Mr. Weston wants to fix up the old house for a summer place. It stood empty nigh on five years now. But? But, I mean, is it safe? Them poor men hired to work there all swear the place is haunted. And given the history of the house. What history? Well, now, I'm not one for idle tittle-tattle. But? But, when I was a wee girl, I heard me mother and her cronies talking about a murder in that house. And a missing fortune in jewels. Now, I don't know all the particulars. Not being one for gossip. Right. Besides, the grown-ups spotted me and shushed each other. Who else might remember the, uh, particulars? Oh, I expect I'm about the only one who still... Oh, you might try the village library. They've got a section on local history. Spare me the account of your research. Just the results, please. Fifty years ago, Theodore Edgar Weston, great-grandfather of the owner, was found badly injured on the veranda. Fractured skull. No one knew why he'd traveled to his summer home in January. That's all? No. A second man was found inside the house, a knife in his chest. Total stranger. 
A sketch was circulated, but no one knew him. Old Mr. Weston never regained his senses and died the next day. You begin to interest me. The murder was never solved. Dead man was never identified. It was a nine-day wonder at the time. Popular opinion was split between two theories. One, the two men arranged to meet in secret for some unknown purpose, and it turned violent. Or two, old Mr. Weston discovered a thief, and they struggled over the knife. In both theories, the old man was injured, staggered onto the porch after the fight, and collapsed. You said it was January. Was there snow on the ground? Yes. Two sets of footprints leading in. None leading out. Nothing in the papers about any missing jewels. I'm not sure what Mrs. Walsh half remembered there. Find out. Interview the present owner. Confound it, someone in that family knows something that wasn't made public. I have an appointment with Weston at three. Good. Now, the ghost. I returned to the house that night loaded with a lantern, blankets, a pillow, and a mountain of skepticism. I expected some creaking. All old houses creak. Maybe a bat flying through the chimney. Where were you stationed? Midway up the stairs, because I heard that the, the thing had been seen from there. I was perfectly calm. As the hours passed, I had a time staying awake. I must have dozed off briefly. The lantern had gone out, and it was pitch black when I was awakened by a noise. It startled me, but it didn't scare me. Well, not much. I was a little afraid it was a rat. If there was, it was more afraid of you. <laughs> Want to bet? I was still thinking about that rat when I heard a moan. It's kids, I told myself, playing a prank on a lady reporter. But then... What? A white figure blazed out of nothingness, right before my eyes. Describe it. Be specific. Well, it was a silhouette, but it appeared to be male. It glowed, radiated a burning, unearthly light. I couldn't make out the face, but I saw him, it, raise an arm. It held up a flaming dagger. I was paralyzed. My heart was pounding. Inside, I was chanting, it's a trick, it's a trick, it's a trick. And then the, the thing lifted its other hand, and it, it wrote fiery letters in midair with a finger. Just one word. Beware. How cliché. What did you do? I reminded myself that I'm a fearless modern woman. And? I heard someone shout. It might have been me. I took a flying leap down the stairs, put my head down, and charged the ghost. Well done, Harriet. And? It vanished. I was staring right at it, and half of it was just gone. Then the other half followed. My hands passed through empty air. My momentum carried me right through where it had appeared, and I went stumbling into the library. And then... I'm not proud of this part. Harriet? I wrenched open a window and bolted. Ah. Don't say a word. I'm ashamed of myself and mad as fire. <sighs> Harriet Hatch running from a ghost. Professor, I know it's a trick. I believe that, but for the life of when me... When you charged, you leapt from the stairs, crossed the main hall, and went through the library door? That's right. The door that you had left open following your earlier exploration? No. Well, I mean, yes, the same door, but I left it closed. You're positive? Yes. Did you notice any odor? It would have been pronounced. What? No. You said you heard something that you thought might be a rat. What made you think that? I don't know. Think, woman. Did you hear a rodent squeaking? No, just something crossing the floor. How far is the house from the water? 
It's right on the water, but a steep climb down. Maybe 300 yards? Which half of the apparition disappeared first, top or bottom? Neither. It seemed to split down the middle. Excellent. Report back after you've spoken with the owner. But what Get if I... Get out! I met Mr. Ernest Weston at his club. Well, in the reception area. Women being strictly prohibited from venturing further. Do forgive me, Miss Hatch. When I received your card, I naturally assumed that H. Hatch... Was a man. Everyone does. This is the 20th century, Mr. Weston. Not all members of the press are male. However, I regret taking you by surprise. But such a charming surprise. May I present my cousin, Mr. George Weston? How do you do, Miss Hatch? Aren't you also one of the heirs of Theodore Edgar Weston? Only in a very minor way. Ernest here inherited the property. And the bills to go with it. Well, Miss Hatch, is this for the society page? I don't know how you found out, but my engagement has not yet been formally announced. It's about the ghost of South Shore. <laughs> I knew it! Pay up, cousin. I should have known better than to bet with you. And yet, you did. Look, Miss Hatch, please don't print these ridiculous stories about a fiery phantom. My contractor is having the devil of a time finding men willing to go near the place. I'm curious. How did you find out about the family ghost? I saw it in person. What? When? Oh, this is splendid. Dear readers of my future best-selling memoir, at this point, I repeated my haunted house tale and the two men listened eagerly. Mr. Ernest seemed troubled, but his cousin George, the black sheep of the Weston family, was enthralled. How do you account for the... the spectacle? I can't. But I'm not a child to be deceived by illusion. Nor am I given to flights of fancy. It has to be a trick. Certainly. But how? And why? I understand there's some old story about a murder and missing jewels worth a fortune. What can you tell me? Hark! I hear the family skeletons rattling. George, you tell it. You know the story best. I heard it often enough from my mother, who, as a bride, heard it from her mother-in-law, our grandmother. Nice, warm welcome to the family for her. Our great-grandfather, who built the house, was a wealthy man. Theodore Edgar Weston. That's him. A portion of his vast wealth was in jewelry, which had come with the family from England. Indeed, much of the value of the jewelry pieces was in their antiquity. The family jewels were only trotted out on formal state occasions. Christmas, or if the family was hosting a ball. Between times, Theodore became obsessed with their safekeeping. He didn't trust banks? He didn't trust anyone. Not even his family. Especially not his family. Charming fellow. Theodore decided, or so the story goes, to hide the jewels inside his summer home. Honestly, I think the old boy was cracked. Agreed. Fifty years ago, one had to travel by stagecoach to reach the summer place. It was winter, and the rest of the family, being sane, remained in the city. Theodore made the trip alone. Definitely cracked. He planned to arrive by night, in secret, but the next morning... Let me save you some time. He was unconscious on the porch, fractured skull, unidentified man inside the house, stabbed. What's the theory inside the family? You're good. Best guess inside the family is that Theodore, arriving after dark, met a would-be robber or maybe just a trespasser and they fought. In the struggle for the knife, the stranger was killed and Theodore was badly injured. The old man tried to go for help, but he collapsed just outside. That's really all we know or can reasonably surmise. And the jewels? They weren't found on either man. Some believe that a third party escaped with the gems. 
without leaving footprints? I never said I believed it. No. The old boy must have hidden them before the tragedy. Mother claims that every adolescent boy in the family spent their summers digging up the grounds, <laughs> searching for the treasure. Personally, I tapped the walls, searching for a secret passage. Mother also said that every inch of the cellar was dug up, every nook and corner searched, until your father finally put a stop to it, saying enough was enough. Any family ghost sightings? My Aunt Claire claimed that she could sense a malignant spirit. The only spirits Aunt Claire encountered were alcoholic. By Jove! My father was right. Enough is enough. Someone is playing a trick of some kind. Someone thinks he's funny. Well, there's nothing funny about what I witnessed. Meanwhile, my contractor can't get a lick of work done because the work crews keep quitting. Because of a prank! I'm telling you, it's a pretty convincing prank. All the more reason to debunk it. What do you say, Miss Hatch? Cousin George? Are you up for it? For what? This Friday night, let's go ghost hunting. This is part one of Phantom, adapted from one of the Thinking Machine short stories, written by Jacques Fortrell. The conclusion of Phantom will drop May 25th. The cast features Sarah Waddle as Harriet Hatch, Richard Rayther as the Thinking Machine, Ian Garthwaite as Ernest Weston, and David A. Gingrich as George Weston. When stages around the world went dark, Artists Ensemble Theatre began producing theatre for the mind. If you can, please consider donating to AET or become a patron by pledging monthly. Learn more at artistsensemble.org. And as always, thank you for listening.